Hey everybody, this is Jamie Maglietta and you're listening to What Do You Do Exactly? On today's episode, we're talking about roles in long-form production, how to launch a career in entertainment, and what it's like working on scripted programming. With us today is Jim Hecht. Um, I'm gonna pull up his graphic right here so you guys can see a little bit about who he is. Here's Jim, you know, he's a co-creator of HBO's drama series, Winning Time, The Rise of Lakers Dynasty, and The Big Cigar, which will be on Apple TV Plus. Um, and we'll talk about both of those as well as Ice Age. So Jim, why don't you get us started and tell us, you know, a little bit about what you do exactly. Like, how do you describe yourself when you meet people for the first time? Yeah, I just, you know, I usually just say I'm a writer, but I think, you know, more specifically writer, producer, um, you know, television, most writers are also producers, executive producers, uh, and the movies, not necessarily. So, yeah. And how did you get started as a writer? Um, it's a long, strange trip, but I was like, uh, I was going to go to law school. Uh, I wanted to get into like international law and diplomacy. And summer before my senior year, I interned at Nickelodeon Studios in Orlando. And I was just kind of like, this is this is a lot better. I, I want to do this. Mm-hmm. And I had a long talk with my uncle one night who, who, who worked in production about, you know, sort of the best ways to really change the world. And it came to me that sort of like my value system and beliefs are mostly formed by movies and TV and that that would be a better place to, to, to make an impact. So I went and worked. Um, at Nickelodeon, uh, I worked on all that and Keenan and Kel and Guts, and then I worked at MTV a little bit, VH1. And I sort of still had this imposter syndrome feeling like I didn't really know what I was doing, even <laughs> though I was writing on shows and stuff like that. So I went back to film school. Um, I went to USC for graduate school, and uh, and and while I was there, I wrote, you know, a thesis, a thesis script, and. Uh, and started my career. So that's kind of how I, it was more when I was there because I was in a writing and directing program that I really mm-hmm. was like gravitated towards the writing. Um, and when I started, I was doing both. I was sort of directing promos and some short form stuff. Mm-hmm. And then the writing part kind of took off more. Yeah. So for 20 years, I've been trying to get back to the directing part too. Well, you know, it, it is hard. You know, there's so many different avenues that you can take that interest right you know as a writer you can go in so many different ways and you've been able to really narrow it down into a very unique niche within animation and now you're pivoting and you've pivoted Mm -hmm. more into drama series um you know i want to get into your pivot but 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 i'm kind of compelled to talk about it a little bit off the top too Mm -hmm. so how did you redirect yeah, I mean, I like you know, I had a career in in, in talking animal movies, and uh, and after Ice Age two, just to be frank, I sort of took whatever the highest paid writing assignment sort of was available. I mean, they were all good projects and good ideas, um, but they weren't mine, mm-hmm. um, and I had some you know, some real disappointments in my career was sort of cratering and um, and my life too, for that matter, like uh, about, I don't know, 2010 or 11, 12, somewhere in there. Um, and I sort of developed this meditation practice out of that. Mm-hmm. And it hit me early on. I had this like uh, realization, A, 
I, I need to never write what I like, things that I like, and only write things that I love. Mm. Because when I like stuff, it can just be this, like, what Jerry Maguire describes as soul-swallowing, pride-seizing. I can't remember the whole quote, but, like, <laughs> I can just be miserable through the whole thing, and I don't really do a very good job, I don't think. Mm. When I love something, I have enough, you know, passion for it um, that it doesn't always feel like work, and you get into those flow states where time is kind of flying by, and there's more of a play aspect to it, and and you have the determination to just kind of fight through all the bullshit that's going to come mm. up along the way. And then the second thing that I realized was like, and this was something that Danny Strong had told me, uh, who created Empire and just did dope sick and 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 sort of had this career that I wanted to emulate. Um, and he said, you got to stop trying to write the shows that you think other people want to see and write what you would want to watch. Mm -hmm. And it was literally the next day that I heard on the radio, because I'm a big Lakers fan. I listened to the ESPN radio and I I was listening to, to the Max and Marcellus show and they were talking about this book that was coming out about the Showtime Lakers, which was, those are my heroes growing up. Mm -hmm. And so I went to Book Suit the next morning at nine o'clock in the morning when the book came out, I had, it, I had read it by like noon or one. And I called my agent and I said, this is what I want to do. Wow. And that was 2014. And the show aired last, last year, 2022. Mm -hmm. We shot the pilot in 2019. So you can see that kind of like, mm -hmm. it took a lot to get it done. And now, so are you in production currently? Like where are you we, at right now with the seasons? We, we just wrapped shooting season two in January. So we're posting that and I believe it comes out in August. Yeah. Um, so, so, I mean, the process, so right now what you're, if you wrapped production in January, mm -hmm. are you, in, are you mm -hmm. still in post? Or is it like wrapped? You're done. No, we're we're sort of in the middle of post. Um, yeah. You know. And just so I, for people listening, if you're not familiar sure. with terms, you know, I'll just you correct me if I'm wrong, but yeah. just what I'm familiar with, it's you know, you have your development phase, your pre-production phase, your production phase, and then you're in your post, and then you've wrapped, mm -hmm. and that's usually when you're going into the like, let's start promoting. Are there mm -hmm. other phases that you that you consider that's worth mentioning? I mean, just, you know, in scripted drama, it's like, you know, you go through that editorial phase. We have, you know, three or four editors working on episodes. Um, you get to a place called Picture Lock. Yeah. Uh, and then there's all the music and effects and sweetening and ADR, which is where you replace dialogue or, or, or add dialogue. Um, and it's really the editorial is like the last rewrite of the script because there's so much that you can do mm -hmm. um, to a scene after it's already shot yeah. and edited. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, what, what's interesting, um, what I'm hearing is mm -hmm. you're very, you seem very involved, right? Because you love it. It's something you mm -hmm. would want to be a part of, you know, how involved are you within the editing process at, with the winning, let's just stick with winning time. Yeah, I, you know, it's, I watch all the cuts, I have to, mm -hmm. you know, I do, I do notes. Um, there's a lot of like drafts of, of mm -hmm. edits, you know, there's a, and, and it goes through phases of like, there's a producer's cut, which is mm -hmm. what we submit to the network. 
and then the network gives notes and then we're into their their draft or their cut um on my other show there's also a studio so the network is apple but the studio is warner brothers mm -hmm. so there's another level of like there's the producer's cut the studio cut then the network cut mm -hmm. and then uh you know, sort of next is we have a spotting session and we see where music goes and stuff like that, sound effects. We have a, you know, there's there's another audio session where we look at what needs to come up, what needs to be put in, you know, what's missing. Color you know, correction. Where, yeah, all that stuff. And then music and there's a final mix. We all sit in, you know, online and, and go through the whole episode and, and then it's done. You know, it's a big process and not many people who, you know, there could be college students listening, you know, there's a big process that goes into putting together a production and it's just important to really hear out all the steps that really he has to be involved in as the writer, as a creator, as an EP. You know, you're, you're, you're very much in, in it, right? Mm -hmm. And some people don't realize how involved it is. And I guess mm -hmm. it just brings me to the question of, you know, what are your days like when you're, when you have, right now you have one that's in post and you have the big cigar which is mm. what is that out in the fall yeah probably you know sometime fall early mm -hmm. winter um but we wrapped about the same time uh you know i'm i'm also now i'm, I'm writing a movie at, at, uh, for sony mm -hmm. and i'm trying to develop you know whatever is next so mm -hmm. you know it's like i have a full-time job in the movie writing thing Wow. And or full time plus really because when I'm in it I'm like you know days can be pretty long 10 12 mm -hmm. hours and then on top of that I have the post on the two shows so there's Jeez. usually a commitment of a of, of a couple hours every day beyond that and then just meetings and you know mm -hmm. politics and discussions and do I you I had, get to work from home like is that like to at least have I do now life balance um, yeah well yeah I do now yeah. we were we shot. Um, season two of winning time at warner brothers studios so you know for those not familiar with la geography i live on the west side so mm -hmm. fairly long drive every day to uh to work and we had our offices there we have a small a very small writing staff on that show um particularly by network drama levels we have basically three or four writers um mm -hmm responsible for everything so it's a mixture you know i have big cigar which is my other show on an apple series that i that i also created um that was more on, on zoom the writer's room mm -hmm. um and then you know on set we, we shot in toronto we shot in columbia um so yeah it just depends you know it someone may be listening and say wow this guy has so much going on like how do i become him you know, mm -hmm. it, it seems like you just have so much going on and, you know, you, your work speaks for itself, right? Like that's what we were saying mm -hmm. and it, it does, but how would you advise someone who's looking at you and thinking, gosh, I really want to go after my dreams like he did, you know, mm -hmm. are there any other tips that you would have for them or maybe something, maybe advice you would wish you had when you were in college that could help them get there and actually make that dream happen? If I really thought what I was what it was i knew if i really knew what it what it was going to take i don't know that i would have done it yeah you know part of the the thing that keeps you going is you always feel like the end line is right there like the the breakthrough is right around the corner and it it might not be but i think it's best to to mm -hmm. I, I would just say what was helpful but a big flip of the switch for me was to sort of 
forget about the results and go into overdrive mm -hmm. just in terms of work. And everybody that I, I think I told you once before, everybody that I know that's sort of broken through in my industry has had two and a half, three years or so were really all they did was work. Mm -hmm. and, and that was true for me. Like, you know, there was a year, there was a whole year I didn't date, you know, I was just mm -hmm. basically locked in a room. And, and, and what that gives you is I guess like that 10,000 hours or whatever, you know, it raises your level. And I also just, I'm grateful that I didn't know how bad I was. <laughs> Maybe that's the wrong word because I think I, I probably always had a certain voice or talent, you know, but mm -hmm. like didn't know how much I had to raise the level of my writing to get where I wanted to go. And that was true again when I tried to make the pivot from animation to to drama. Like I didn't realize how different writing in the two genres was. Mm -hmm. I didn't know what I didn't know. And it was painful at first. Like I was in there with these heavyweights, you know, <laughs> and 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 it felt like they were speaking a foreign language. Mm. Um, but at least you were able to make that pivot, you know, because you already had built this recognition of of your work within within your animation, right? So you have all these great movies underneath your belt. Now you're making a switch. You're doing more dramatic series that speaks mm -hmm. to you, which is very, uh, you know, it's very unique though, because you're telling such a different story. Did, mm -hmm. did you feel like you had to pour more of yourself into the creation of, you know, Winning Time and also The Big Cigar? More oh, so God, yes. animation, Or was it yes. a different piece of you? It's a different piece. I mean, yeah. especially the first Ice Age that I worked on, I was like so driven and, and it was important to me on a career level. Mm -hmm. You know, this was a, a different level of motivation, I guess. Mm -hmm. It's a different, it was much more personal. I mean, like Max Bornstein, the showrunner on Winning Time, likes to say, you know, it is so hard to make anything good. Uh, another thing I'm glad I didn't know, and that's sort of something that I realized that I've learned on, on Big Cigar and on Winning Time is like, it is just such a painstaking up at dawn, you know, mm -hmm. longer than you can imagine it going on for grind. Uh, that can be really beautiful sometimes, but also it's like, you know, my wife didn't see me for all of last year, she says, you know. Like, oh my goodness. I mean, she so, she did, but it was like, you know, morning and night. And, you know, some people who, you know, may be listening are thinking, oh, okay, you know, this is this, I can do this. I can, I can make this work, mm -hmm. you know, but my experience is more in line with your wife. So Courtney Friel, you know, working in TV news, you know, you're having <laughs> perfect timing. You're having, mm -hmm. you know, a rough schedule. You know, I worked overnights, worked weekends. Um, you know, I remember seeing one of the posts that you guys had on Instagram of just like mm -hmm. all the holidays you missed. Gosh, did I relate to that? And so did my husband because yeah, for a long time we wouldn't see each other and you are kind of yeah. passing each other like, hey, can you take the kids here while I go and do this? So, you know, it is a, a, a partnership that's needed mm -hmm. to really get through that with a family. You know, are there yeah. any, is there anything about your relationship that you think really does help you stay, stay focused on your work that, that maybe other people don't have? With Courtney? Yeah. Oh yeah. God, yes. I mean, like, it, I, you know, there was a pivot, yes, but like, since Courtney's coming to my life, everything has worked out professionally. Mm -hmm. She wasn't there for the the years of struggle that came mm -hmm. right before that. And I, I don't think that's an accident. I mean, I think for one thing, just to have that part of my life settled for the first time, 
opened up so much for me but then also like i mean just in yeah in so many ways mm -hmm. because my wife is and i say this literally my wife has won awards for gratitude like there was this this is gratitude awards thing <laughs> she got an award for for gratitude like she has that kind of positive mm. thinking you know ray of sunshine outlook and so it it, it kind of shines a light on my moodiness and and ability to be withdrawn or 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 negative and i think we do that for each other like i probably spiral more often than she does but she has occasionally spiraled for things that ended up being nothing mm -hmm. and so when i'm spiraling like i have the experience of watching her go through it and it being nothing that i can draw on it doesn't mean that i always am able to pull out of it but like, <laughs> mm -hmm. no i get it we're my husband yeah. and i balance each other in many ways as well you know it's you kind of need that um, to really get through any career, but also this one, mm -hmm. because it is so trying on anyone. Um, and she's going and so through a pivot now too. People realize that. Yeah. And then she's going through her own pivot now too. I mean, the reason why we missed all those, like she didn't get to do holidays for 20 years because she was doing the, the, the news every weekend. Mm -hmm. So everything that was Friday, Saturday, Sunday or whatever she, she missed. Mm -hmm. So now she's, you know, taking a, a, a dive into something new and, and really a big risk sort of similar to what I did and and mm -hmm. jumping off the ledge and 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 hoping that the universe catches her. Mm -hmm. You know, I I love that. And that's also, you know, what draws me to you and your story is, you know, you have had that challenge of like just giving it your all. You know, you're taking risks with each film. Mm -hmm. You're putting yourself in it and each each series, you know, it's a part of you and it's very entrepreneurial no matter what, mm -hmm. like a writer, I see writers and creatives as just very entrepreneurial. And that's kind of how I see myself too. It's like, you know, having been in TV news and now I'm taking mm -hmm. this huge pivot where I'm, mm -hmm. I have a podcast, you know, it's like, but you sometimes have to give yourself up to the universe and just let it take you and see where it goes. Um, and that's sometimes the best advice to the, to the point you made earlier, you have to love what you're doing in order mm -hmm. for it to really succeed. So I think that that's, you know, just it weaves through your whole story is just follow your heart, follow your dream. Are there other tips that you would that you would give people who are just looking at like, I want to be a writer or I want to go into film? Mm -hmm. Any starter jobs that even are worth noting that people may need to look into that are young yeah. in their careers? Yes, there's, and again, it depends on how much of an appetite for risk that you have. You can become an assistant, an assistant mm -hmm. in a writer's rooms. That is the one way that I've seen people sort of work their way up into a mm -hmm. writing job. I didn't take that route. My, my my version of it was just write, you know, and try to create my own product and, and mm -hmm. create my own work. Um, you know, I think the biggest thing for me, at least for the last, like when you talk about taking a risk, that's true. But at the other, it didn't necessarily feel like a risk mm -hmm. because I thought I had gold, you know, and I, and I like, especially with winning time from the point that I read Jeff Perlman's book, I was like, there, nobody's ever done this before, you know, a, a narrative about an actual team. It's the coolest stuff. And I just felt like, and, and the, the, the other switch there was like to look at it, not like I'm asking somebody to do me a favor or to do something, give me a break, whatever it was that I'm offering them an opportunity, you mm -hmm. know, to be part of this thing that I think is incredible. So it, it didn't feel like I was taking a risk because I knew that I had something that was gold, even though it took seven years to get it from, you know, mm -hmm. conception to, to the screen. And there was a lot of setbacks in the time. And in fairness, nobody 
agreed with me that I had that great of an idea until Adam McKay agreed with me that I had that great of an idea. And then everybody suddenly thought I had a great idea. <laughs> and, and I think, you know, I mentioned this to you off camera one, one time, but like, um, the thing that I learned from that is like, if you think you have an amazing idea, you do. And mm -hmm. there's enough people like you're there. If you think something's amazing, there's enough other people in the world that will think that will also think that's amazing. And don't let anybody tell you it's not. I'll give you an example of one time, the other direction, mm -hmm. you know. And by the way, Big Cigar was 20. It was my thesis project at USC. It was more than 20 years in the making. Um, wow. Um, yeah, so, so. But again, that's determination. And I know you feel like it's not a risk, but it, it's like for someone to, to hear that and they may say, mm -hmm. well, I've been working on my book for 20 years. Like, do I keep on going? It's like when you know you're, what he's saying is like, when you know you have a, you have gold, like mm -hmm. you feel good. This is it. You got to just keep putting your heart into it. Yeah. And I don't let anybody tell you differently. Yeah. Like, you know, an example of like, there was a, a podcast that I wanted to option. Mm -hmm. um, that my agency owned and it was a podcast on Watergate and I was like it was called Slow Burn I, was, I went to my agents I was like I think this is going to be amazing I think this is amazing seriously they're like nobody wants to see that shit you know like no 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 don't don't spend waste your time on that my wife and I just watched it last week Gaslight and it let Gaslit and it was an amazing series and definitely the kind of thing that I would have been super proud to have done and 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 so now I have that experience too of where I thought something was gold and I let people talk me out of it and, and sure, enough, <laughs> mm -hmm. sure enough it was gold and I and I've had those too along the way I mean I, there's other times when I had ideas that I thought were great that I let people talk me out of that that were great so the big cigar did that shoot mainly in Atlanta didn't shoot at all in Atlanta Andre was it Holland in Atlanta like was Atlanta. that where no it wasn't no, uh, Andre Holland, who's the star who plays Huey Newton, the, the co-founder of the Black Panther Party, um, he lives in Atlanta. Oh, that's where um, the connection is. Got it. Yes. And he hired a trainer. Oh, well, here, let's just say, like, so okay. the reason I brought that up is because we have a mutual friend, Jill. She was uh -huh. a guest on the podcast. She and I have now become friends since then. And one day mm -hmm. I'll say, I'll say I shared this video to my Instagram stories and mm -hmm. it was from Winning Time. Mm. a cameraman on rollerblades mm. and I shared it to my story and I was like this is my spirit animal okay because I am that person who will shoot her kids in rollerblades just so oh, wow. I get good movement of them riding their bikes down the street like I, I'm just I'm that person so I posted he posted another one today actually us. she can he posted it, that guy posted another one today actually where he <laughs> posted like his training for that uh-huh where he puts his kid on his back. Oh my goodness. And skates around so that he gets like the, the the used to the weight of the camera and he holds like a laundry basket full of stuff. <laughs> That's and, and practices that way. Yeah, John Lake, he he's he's really amazing. So he worked yeah. on winning time. He worked on winning time and, yeah. and he filmed a lot of the basketball sequences by rollerblading backwards, you wow. know, covering the action and, and at full speed. Yeah, he's pretty incredible. So there's a um, role, guys, if you like rollerblading. Yeah, for sure. There's a role for everything. So yeah, you, Jill's Jill DM'd me that that yeah. um, that clip, and I was like, "That's my show." And then yeah. you and I started talking, <laughs> and then it turned out that you had worked with my wife mm -hmm. uh, in the news business, and and yeah. and here we are. It's small world, guys. That's what it's all comes down to. Right. And 
post things on Instagram because you never know. I was so excited when she connected us and we had that mutual. <laughs> I was like, oh yeah. my gosh, we both I'm like, wait, you're married to Courtney? <laughs> yeah. That was fun. But I definitely um, married up. I did a good job there. Yeah, she's a great yeah. girl. She so is. I'm really school. glad we got to connect. And I'm really, I'm really excited for everything you have going on. I mean, there's so much. Thanks. So you're also writing a film, you said. Yeah, I'm writing something about it or no? I can't really. It's kind of because it's something they don't want out of yet course. that we're working on it yet. But it's a yeah, it's an R-rated feature mm -hmm. um, that I'm right in the middle of writing. I'm trying to figure out. You know, I've got a bunch of things that I'm working on next. I you know, I, it's not a secret. I posted it on Instagram. I'm working on something with Arnold Schwarzenegger. Um, that I think we might have just brought a director onto. That's very exciting. And um, yeah. That's so, great. So do you, so right now I'm going to ask you, this is going to be personal for me, guys. Mm -hmm, so sure. you can either listen or not. But so right now I am pivoting and I am a line producer in Unscripted. Okay. Uh -huh. So I'm dealing with budgets and, you know, calendars and all the things that you know creatives don't really have to deal with as much right mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so the life of a line producer i don't really ever see them getting credit on these shows why is that you know i'm looking for the line producers names you know like what it <laughs> well they do on ours scott, scott schaefer is the executive producer scott stevens sorry is the executive producer on um on winning time and he's a big day-to-day -day presence working on set and you know, so there is that that does happen. I mean, I think, you know, in his case, he's done so much stuff, True Detectives and, mm -hmm. you know, other other big, uh, uh, I forget the name of the other show, the Western one that's on HBO. He had done so many shows that he could, you know, negotiate. I'm, I'm, I'm executive producer, Dan Cockwell on Big Cigars, co-executive producer. So, so that's not necessarily true. Title. Yeah, it's not really. I mean, yeah, it's not, but it's not a glamour job as much as like, being the, the 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 producer that either shepherds the project creatively or those people tend to get more press. Let's just put it that way. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. So I'm I'm enjoying this new element and it's a nice pivot and I'm excited for everything you have going on. And again, I'm really Thank glad you. we could talk and I hope that we stay in touch. Any last thoughts you have? No, I mean it's funny because you asked some one of the questions that you asked me. We we sort of did a pre-interview thing. Um, oh yeah. What on on email, and you, there was a thing that you asked about networking. Oh I yeah. Well, I didn't. I was actually. You know, here's the thing. Like, I bring up networking because there are people who, you know, they want to put themselves out there, and they're trying to mm -hmm. figure out, you know, how do I network with people to get those jobs, or to get to get thought of, or to figure mm -hmm. out what I want to do with my life. You know, and I typically will advise them. I'll say, you know, find people that you find interesting. You know, like yourself. Mm -hmm and ask them, you know, what do you do exactly? How do I become, how do I become you one day? Mm -hmm. And that's kind of how you can help, you know, broaden your network and better understanding of the career paths that you may want to take. So I do like to focus on networking as a way to give some value to those listening. Mm -hmm. You know, are there any thoughts that you have on how people could network and, and kind of expand their knowledge of who's in the industry and how to connect with them, especially if they're in college. Yeah, I mean, what you said is really smart and I wasn't thinking about networking that way. Um, I'm a big believer in mentoring, mentorship, that that yeah. if, you, if there's somebody out there that you want their career, 
go work, you know, for that person, like try to work for them. I mean, I sort of lucked into that, but like, mm -hmm. you know, I don't think it's that much more difficult to get a job with that director, you know, that you really love than it is to get a job with that director that, you know, works, but, but, but doesn't do the kind of material that you like. Um, so I would say go to the people that you want to work for and try to work with them. Mm -hmm. um, I think, you know, I'm spoiled in that I have managers and agents and things like that to, to, to get me work. I don't go to parties and dinners. I don't know anything about my own industry. Like as a, as a, as a, as a creative, and there's other people that disagree with me. I have friends that have lots of career breaks from people that they met, you know, from going out and going to premieres and going to things. I don't do any of that. Like I, I, I tend to believe that if you're a creator, create stuff like write and your work should speak for you. Mm -hmm. um, I, I've never gotten a job from somebody I met at a party or a bar. Um, yeah. So, um, so that's a good point. Yeah. 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 Let your work speak for itself. And that's how you network. I, I, yeah. And yeah, I, I think that's the way to go. I, I, it's just a, it's a different job being a writer, you know, or, mm -hmm. or, or a creative producer. It's like, or, or a line producer that mm -hmm. your work sort of is, is your work and there's, you know. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, that is, that is the case. It's also like, you know, your referrals, someone who worked with you will say, yeah, you know, try, try, try Jim on this or Jamie, mm -hmm. you know, like they, they'd be great. You know, you always have that too, where it's more, That's true. you know, you, you gain relation, you build relationships, which is ultimately creating your network of support. That's true. I mean, like, for example, on winning time, I had sold an animated pitch to DreamWorks on the heels of Ice Age with mm -hmm. this producer named Kevin Messick, who was an independent producer at that time. And the project crashed and burned. Nothing ever came out of it. But Kevin and I became friends. Kevin went on to become Adam McKay's producing partner. Kevin brought Winning Time from me to Adam, which is how it ultimately took off. So yes, that kind of networking I do believe in. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, that kind of a connection has been helpful for yeah. me. I think it's all great. You've provided so much value for people. I hope so. I yeah, you have. And it was very cool to 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 see you in person and see Courtney you walk too. by and yeah, in <laughs> her natural really element. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, thanks again. I'm gonna um, play a little outro and then why don't you and I talk right after? Okay, great. Here we go. Thanks everybody for listening. Thank you.